Welcome back to the Night Laugh Podcast. I have no idea what episode this is. Season two, number what? 17. There you go. My good friend, Berto Sanchez. Finally, I've been trying to get this guy on the show for the longest time, and it finally happened. Welcome to La Centrale. Uh, Berto, um, I'm sure if you guys have been following the show, you've heard his name mentioned before by a few people. So today, I am very happy to have him here, and we're going to have an amazing conversation about the subject of failing in the nightclub business, uh, the bar, restaurant business. So first things first. Um, guys, remember to get the book on Amazon and remember to follow on Instagram, The Nightlife Entrepreneur, and on YouTube, Nightlife Podcast. Also, nightlifepodcast.com is our website. And with that said, I leave it to you. What, what are your handles? Can people follow you anywhere? Are you are you not a followable no, guy? Not. Yeah, you can follow me at LMG. <laughs> there you go. There you go. LMG Miami for all our parties. Um, so, Berto, why don't you tell people? I mean, a little bit about about yourself, where you come from, what what, what your background is in the industry. Sure. My name is Berto Sanchez. I've been in the industry for 25 years. I've done. I originally worked for Chameleon Concepts, uh, where we did Cafe Iguana, Mars Bar, Bermuda Bar, Iguana Cantina, Fat Cat Billiards. Um, for Mark Fasu, and then I actually took a venture, left to uh, Georgia with the Buckhead, uh, with one of the owners of the Blue Martini, and was able to buy two bars. Uh, we ran them very successfully, it was a good time. Sold out of that, came back here, and I joined forces with the Blue Martini. Uh, I've been with them for 18 years now. Uh, we've had a lot of very good fortune, we're very proud of our little concept. Uh, it's had a lot, of, uh, a lot of ups and downs, and we learned a lot in the process of developing it. Um, it started out as a Florida concept, and then we kind of expanded through all the US, so now we're all the way out in Vegas. Uh, Phoenix, um, Texas, and we still have nine in Florida. Right. So we're very proud of our little concept and we've, uh, we learned a lot doing it. Little concept. Little concept, yeah, yes. Yeah. We're still developing and we're learning every day. <laughs> Humility, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, so um, so yeah, so I meet Berto about 10 years ago. Um, he actually was the one who opened the Blue Martini doors to LMG. And, and from that moment on, it was just Love at first sight. <laughs> no, we've, we've actually had a great relationship. Work with, you know, it's been somebody great to work with. He was there at the Blue Martini in Brickell for a while with us. Then after, took the one in Kendall, uh, and, and we actually even worked at Kendall for a while. That's right. Then, then we decided, oh, it's too much for us uh, to do both. Um, but, but the relationship went from work relationship to, to uh, good friendship which um, I'm glad to say it's always one of those things that you look for in this in this business. A lot of people think Very you rare. don't make good friends or, and you can, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it is rare, but you can for sure. So, um, all right, so so today I want to I want to focus the show on talking about the the reasons why people fail when they open a bar, you know, and and there are some things that might be like the first thing that comes to somebody's mind or, or, or you know, which which would be something like, yeah, somebody has the money and they figure, since I have money, I can build a place, sure. and that's it. But a little deeper into that, because I, 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 you understand the operation completely, you sure. understand the, the marketing side of the business, the operation side of the business, you know, everything, staffing. So, so what would you say are the top reasons why, why, why businesses fail? Because they fail a lot. They do, they do. The, uh, unfortunately in Florida, uh, specifically in Miami, bars are not known for having a, a long lifespan. Uh, they actually have a very short lifespan and it has a lot to do with just the word you just said, business. You have to remember that the bar is a business. It's not a place to entertain your friends, it's not a place, it's not your toy, it's not the place where you hang out. Right. Uh, so if you walk into the bar business and you 
you, you, you do all your due process and you actually you know, take everything into consideration that it takes to make a successful business, right. you will be successful. Um, a lot of these people are, are lopsided or heavy on one side um, where, like I said, you know, they have a lot of money but no bar experience or they have a lot of bar experience and not enough money. Um, right. You know, they have a lot of bar experience and some money, but they have a bad leasing agent. Right. So there's a lot of very, very important key components that will make a place almost impossible to run. You know, and you know and that's not even including the everyday variables where the economy goes up and goes down. Uh, areas turn good, areas turn bad. Licensing goes. You have licensing problems, noise ordinance problems, uh, places that evolve. Uh, when it was once an entertainment center into a neighborhood, so now you're right. kind of cohabiting, you know, entertainment with residents. Right. Um, you know, once you spend enough time in the bar business, you are going to understand that it's a very unpredictable system and has a lot of variables. Right. Um, so a well-funded bar with a well-executed plan, a well-thought-of plan, a well-rounded plan, is something that you really want and you have to really, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's a must-do. You know, you shouldn't go uh, and expect to get away with the exact math. You have to have reserves, you have to plan for the unexpected. Um, okay. And a lot of that happens. Um, Another thing that I think is an essential part of it, people who've been in the business like us, we believe in hospitality. I bleed hospitality. It's something I think I have in my, in, in my, in my person, in my soul. I enjoy right. entertaining people. I enjoy crowds. So, you know, like I said earlier today to, uh, to the gentleman, find something you love and you never work a day in your life. Exactly. You know? 100%. Um, so you have to make sure that you like hospitality and you commit to the things that hospitality brings with it. The late nights, the drinking, the understanding that you're going to be surrounded by some of those people, the challenges with the licensing, with the leasing and neighbors and the things that come with our business. Um, I think a lot of the failed locations uh, were missing one of the essential things. You know, If you don't have a great location at least, right. you're constantly going to be chasing ways to pay that rent. If you don't have uh, good marketing skills, uh, you know, there's a lot of options now. It's become a place that people have too many options. So you have to have an edge. You have to have something that brings people in there. And you don't want to be the only one in the block without that edge. Um, so I think, you know, if you have good marketing, good upper, good sound operational skills, um, we're a business of dollars and ounces. Uh, and people constantly say that to me, which I think is marvelous because every single ounce counts and every single dollar counts. Right. Uh, and if you're not able to control these things and if you don't have a set directive and a set format of way that you do these things, you're not going to be able to figure out the math and know if you're actually profitable or not. Right. Um, there's a very big misconception that people think I have a full room, I have a room full of people and everybody's having a good time, it means I'm profitable. No, you have to know exactly what money is, how you make your money, where your margins are, and what you're able to spend. You got to know your numbers 100%. You have to know your numbers. You have to have a sound number guy. I think that's, that's one of the first mistakes people people do. And, and you just mentioned something I've, I've experienced a lot in the business, and, and it's that the people walk into a room, see it packed, and they figure, oh, these guys are balling. Mm -hmm. Especially happens when it's those mom and pops uh, sure. you know, uh, venues. and Because they're used to more of the giving away a lot and, mm -hmm. and, and just making it look good but it's not really and uh, or spending a lot more on, on liquor than they should you know not understanding what the actual liquor cost should be at and sure and, and all those things that to me it was having a conversation with you guys I mean it always reminded me of the way that we used to work with with Gato back in the days in, mm -hmm. in Kibiscane because everything had to do with numbers percentages um, you know as a matter of fact our deal as a, as a company in Blue Martini is the only deal that is different from other deals that we make around everywhere else. And it has to do with the percentages that Blue Martini is willing 
to spend sure. on certain things that have to that relate to our work. Mm -hmm. um, and and it might be a one percent here, a one percent there, but that bit difference sure. uh, it, it means something. It, I mean, it, it equals out to huge numbers. And if you don't know how much you're able to part with, if you don't right. know how many you're able to go, you're very likely to hyper to overextend yourself yeah. and to do something. People have a very big misunderstanding with hospitality and taking care of people. Right. Being hospitable to somebody is making them feel welcome, making them feel acknowledged, right. making them feel like they're in the right place and they belong, and we're happy that you're there. Right. Uh, putting that thought, that subconscious thought into their mind, that welcome to the party, we're glad you're here. It doesn't have anything to do with drinking free. The truth is you can actually spoil your crowd and you could mislead them uh, to a point where this guy comes in and every single time he comes in, everything is free. The day that you do give him a check, he's gonna say, what did I do wrong? Right. What went wrong? How do, you know, what, what did I do to you while you're upset at me? Right. Uh, when, you know, if you have a good location and you have good entertainment and you have solid promotions and the right crowd in there, the place sells itself. Right. Um, I'm, I am all for uh, showing gratitude to the guests and making sure that they feel appreciated and thanking them for their, uh, for their patronage and, and the fact that they keep coming back. But you shouldn't have to buy your guests. Your guests should be happy to be there and entertaining them should be a value. Right. Let me ask you a question. When somebody opens a bar, they, they just recently opened and they don't know exactly what to expect. How do you go about staffing? Um, should you be over prepared or, or, or under in that sense and, and just basically see when, when the bar demands more people, hire more people? Or, what is the way to go in that sense? I think being overprepared is always a safe way to go. You know, and, and again, this goes back with capitalize. Make sure that right. you have sufficient capital to operate. You know, you're going to get. You know, in the bar business, we're uh, we're a very simple business with very complicated personalities. Right. Uh, you know, so <laughs> these people are not all going to be dependable. Uh, you know, not a lot of people see the bar business as a career. They see it as a stepping stone. Yes. So not everybody takes this this industry as seriously as you and I do, right. because it's become our life. It's become the career that we aspire for, how we provide for our families, and the things that we do. Right. Um, so you can't really, you can't bank on a lot of the people and stuff like that. And you should always be, you should always expect the successful option. You should always expect that the night is going to be a success, Correct. not undershoot it. The worst thing that you could possibly do is invite people to a place where you can't wait on them or exactly. you're unprepared for the, for the volume. Right. Um, but, you know, like I said, a lot of these places that are undercapitalized, they want to be very stingy or they want to be very careful with their labor. They want to be very careful with the workforce. Not to bring in right. too many people, it's just eating up all the profits. Right. And then again, if you're uh, properly, if you properly execute a plan, you do your market research before, you go around, you check out what the staff looks like in the neighboring bars, what people are charging for drinks, what the local entertainment are, what the specials are, and you actually gauge what it is that you have to compete with, right. you'll find yourself successful and be able to make a more sound plan. Right. Now, on the other hand, when you have some something that's already happening, it's already been going for a while, and and numbers start to go down. Let's say what what's been happening with the economy in general. For example, over here, at least over here in the Brickell area, it's 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 been suffering. I understand sure. some businesses are down even 20, 25 percent from mm -hmm. from previous years. So the, the question is, what are the first things that you start cutting from? Where where do you feel that you're comfortable cutting expenses from that does not affect your overall, you know, either operation or, or the way that people view you as a business, etc. Sure. Well, I mean, it really has a lot to do with not falling into a vicious cycle. You know, the vicious cycle is when your sales go down, your tips go down, when your tips go down, the quality of your staff goes down, and then they start to leave, so then you have a secondary staff that probably doesn't belong there in the first place, Right. and they're basically waiting on what's left of the, of the clientele. Um, theft is included in that, you know, so when sales go down and they're not making enough money, you're going to fall victim to a little bit of theft. Right. Um, so 
controlling a lot of your things, or what we call maintaining our margins, has a lot to do with knowing the back of the house expenses and stuff like that. So as your sales go down, your expenses should go down too, including labor, cost of goods sold, and stuff like that. Right. I find that a lot of places who've had good success and find themselves in a falling pattern or a declining uh, curve are basically not getting their dollar's worth out of every single thing they buy. Right. So say I pay, for example, promoters, you know, say I pay 12% to a promoter, 14% to a promoter, 18% to a promoter. We want to make sure that we're getting every single dollar worth out of that right. company. We want to make sure that they're evolving into the new things and the new forms of marketing, exactly. that they're really tapping into social media, that they have good contact with the radio stations, that they have good contact with right. mass communications. By the way, those numbers you heard right there, those percentages, may be right as to the way that they operate. <laughs> they, they talk about 12, 14, 18, those types of numbers. You're never going to hear a, a Blue Martini talking about 20, 30% or 100% of the door, those kinds of deals, and it's for a reason. Uh, but that's why, for example, us, we have a 10-year relationship with a company making good money we can't complain for sure well let me, um, let me chime in on that one well, yeah. a good part of what we do we're talking about planning and success and everything else you should never overcommit to something you should never do something like that and you know to have a, a sound uh, healthy relationship with people like you guys you know where you end up being friends we almost end up being family right. and people that you sincerely care about uh, you have to have a realistic gauge and really understand that this is what I can part with this is really what I can part with but on that note also, we believe in financial integrity. Financial integrity is one of the things that's been most important to me my entire life, regarding anybody that I've been able to work with. Uh, I'm never gonna tell you, your check is always ready on Monday. Your check is never ready on Tuesday, it's never ready on Wednesday. If I say Monday, your check is always ready on Monday. Right. And if I committed to saying this percent, we're not gonna renegotiate that, that day. Right. We're not gonna change it that day. I'm gonna live up to my word and everything else. Right. Because a lot of people don't. And a lot of people fall through, and a lot of people linger people on and everything else. And that financial integrity, the relationship that you make with the people around you, whether it's your promoters, your sub-promoters, your DJs, whatever it may be, right. it lasts you a long time and it leaves a, a, a sense of ownership with that person where you are accountable for the money that you agreed to. Yes. And it gives, it creates a trust. Correct. And that's really, I think, you know, it makes people happy. People want a dependable job, a consistent right. job, a predictable job, and they don't want to be guessing if their check's going to come in next or it's not going to come in next. So a sense of honesty and a sense of financial integrity, a realistic sense of financial integrity, right. is very important to me. Yeah. Yeah, and also, for those of you guys that are um, on the promotion side of the business, uh, promoters out there, if you guys come to a venue and they offer you anything over those numbers, any, you know, I mean, 20% is, is okay at a nightclub and other things, but uh, but um, but anything over that, I, I've heard so many people talking about 30%. I just got an offer last week for a 50% partnership at a club for a night. I mean, honestly, the minute I hear those things, I run away. I understand that there's a problem, there's an issue, or there's money laundering. <laughs> Whichever one it is, it's not for me. Um, I don't think it's for you guys either. So so run away. Those are the big red flags that you should stay away from, you know, for sure. Um, so, okay. When it comes to, to liquor and control and, and that part, I mean, there's a few things. One is the staff drinking it. Two is, which I don't know how you feel about staff drinking, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, in general. Um, two is um, theft, of course. I don't know what exactly falls into theft, the way that you see it, if, if giving drinks to a, a, a client or it's just putting the money in the bucket. Like, what exactly falls into theft when it comes to liquor control? Theft is, theft is we refer to it as called loss prevention, and loss prevention can be anything. Uh, again, we said we're liquor ounces and dollars. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where every single every single ounce and every single dollar counts. Uh, we use jiggers, we use measured jiggers, and jiggers give you jiggers are, are frowned upon with a lot of people, but they give you consistency, 
and they give you a fair shot. Everybody gets the same pour, everybody gets the same value. So it's not one guy that I like, so that gets a stiff drink, and another guy that I like that I don't like, and he gets a short drink. So that consistency of that and the predict the predictive predictability. Oh, right. the actual cocktail coming your way is something that's very important. Way, the word predictability, that you, I've heard it before from the Blue Martini brand. Yep. And it is something that uh, actually makes sense in mm -hmm. this business because people want to know what the, what it is that they're getting. Sure. I mean, people tend to go back to the places they like, they enjoy, whatever. A lot of times I remember you know, having this conversation with my wife a lot about, let's go eat a new place, but we always end up in the same places, eating the same plate. Because you know what works. Exactly, yeah? exactly. And the same goes for this, you know. Mm -hmm. and I mean, there's one of the factors is, the, is promoters and people go where, they're, where they know the people that are gonna treat them well or whatnot. Sure. But those people that don't really hang out with promoters or simply go where they please, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being able to predict what they're gonna get Sure. It's a very important thing. And, Absolutely. Uh, and you know, and, 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 and I happen to find a lot of places that I can order a drink in the same bar from probably the same person and get two different drinks. Two different drinks, probably for two different prices and two different in two different glasses 100%. with three different garnishes. Yes, yes. You know, so a lot of that goes back to training, uh, you know, like training and actual standards and making sure you uphold your standards. Uh, you know, we're talking about promoters and stuff like that and the predictability of this, but you know, what, what a lot of people like to understand is a lot of these things are interdependent to each other. They have to be, one thing has to scratch the other's back. So predictability has a lot to do with the consistency of your drink, the garnish of your drink, the presentation of your drink, the hospitality of the host, the entertainment that's around you, the music format that's around you, okay. the safety feeling, knowing that there's plenty of security guards around you, the front door, knowing that not everybody's just allowed in and there's going to be a good element inside of a quality a quality gauge of people or the target clientele that that specific venue is looking for. So that predictability has a lot of different heads and it has a lot of different avenues where it can go wrong, but where the guest knows, the guest may not know specifically what it is that's making him upset, but he does know that he's either very comfortable or uncomfortable where he's at. The place could have shown him what he expected. It could have lived up to his expectations. Right. It could have exceeded his expectations, which, which what we all gain to do. Right. Or it could have failed him. And he said, you know what, this place is, how many times have you heard this place isn't what it used to be? Oh, yeah. oh my God, I remember when this place was hot. I remember when this place was full of beautiful women. Right. So a lot of these things, these are clear signs of disappointing or, or shortcomings of what you have evolved to be. You're not the cool place anymore and you haven't made any changes. Right. Uh, question, is the customer always right? <laughs> the customer can more than likely be right. I mean, what you have to do is you have to assume, you have to assume responsibility for yourself first. You know, so, you know, if you have trained your staff right and you have set solid standards and you've come up with the right thing and you, I mean, you know, with, with the margins that we exercise in labor, it's very easy to turn around and turn a smile upside down is what we call it. You know, turn this thing upside down, turn a bad experience into a good experience, uh, simply for, you know, with a $5 drink, with a $10 drink, with a round of, with, with a round of six shots, right. whatever it may be. There's nothing more important than the customer. And losing that, you know, losing your client base is something that's very, very, very common. And it can be something as very sensitive as making them angry one time. Right. If you make a person happy one time, they're probably gonna tell one person. If you make a person angry one time, they're probably gonna tell 10 people. Right. And so on and so on and so on. So it's not, if, when, you, when you assign value uh, to a guest, you should never really shortchange that and understand the ripple effects and the long-term effects to this. Because this guy's gonna say, well, this guy was a, was a jerk and I've been coming here forever, you know how much money I've spent here and you know, I told him that somebody spilled my drink and he wouldn't even replace it. Right. So I don't think you should be extremely frugal with, uh, with your guests. I think you should always give them the, the right away. 
and be aware that these people that you're entertaining, because of you invited them, they're drinking. And right. they're not always going to be right. So you have to be you have to be in the position to accept that and to deal with it the right way. All right, that was a very good explanation. Um, I'm sorry, was that too long? <laughs> you know what? This is one of those episodes that I know I'm, I'm not going to be talking too much. I knew I knew it from the beginning, <laughs> right away, which I'm very glad. Um, sorry. No, no. It's actually it is the idea. Um, what was the other question I was going to ask? I I love the fact that we don't have a script, um, but at the same time. When, when, when the answer gets longer than I expected, I, I just start figuring, like imagining the whole scenario yeah. of it happening uh, and all that. So, any other thoughts you have in general um, of the fact, you know, we spoke about, okay, like why they fell, and you explained definitely why they, I mean, how to avoid failing pretty mm -hmm. much at the beginning. Um, but anything else that you can think of that has to do with failure that you have not mentioned uh, up to now, that, that right off the top of your head? I think you know. I, I think we have to remember that you know, waiting on people and, and and entertaining people is really a privilege. And if you exercise hospitality and you love the things that you do and you exactly you have your heart into it, you know, and you give somebody a legitimate good time, a safe, good, quality, good time for a fair price, and you entertain these things, it's, you assume a responsibility. Correct. You know, you have to understand that you have a financial responsibility to the business, but you also have this caring, you know, uh, responsibility to the guests. A lot of my friends uh, used to say, Berto, you know, you shouldn't take things so personal. It's just business. It's right. business. It's not personal. And I used to say, my business is personal. Right. And that's what you really have to remember. You know, this is a, a people business where you have to sit down and greet people and be sincere and give right. a handshake and be involved in their conversations right. uh, because you're the one this is what people want they want a place where they can talk to somebody they want a place right. where they're accepted where they're welcome right. and, and that the person is actually excited to see them arrive right so we do take on us a, a, a certain responsibility and, and if you take this business as seriously as I do and you love what you do like I do right then you have to understand that you have to commit to it heart right. and soul and you know you have to have a sincere interest in serving people right Last week's episode, I was talking about something, um, a question that somebody asked, and it had to do. He wanted to know how do I go, you know, from from. I mean, how do I go from what I do now in the business to becoming an owner? You know, that stepping stone, wherever it is that they come from. This was actually a promoter that wanted to figure out. I mean, how did you go from this to owning places and all that kind of stuff? And I explained it uh, kind of very general and easy into into three types of people that become partners mm -hmm. of, the, of the clubs. One being the money, mm -hmm. whoever has the money. The other being uh, the managing partner or uh, you know person that deals with operations. And the other part, which is ours mainly, has been more towards the marketing area. Mm -hmm. so, so to me, those three put together make a real strong you know, base mm -hmm. to create something new and make it happen. As long as all those three are Operated well by that operating part in the, sure. in the middle, and and each do its part. You know, well funded like you mentioned, mm -hmm. and and doing the right marketing and all that. So all those three together should be a, 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 should not have issues unless you know it's. Well, there's well funded. There's marketing and uh, marketing, advertising, promotions, stuff right. like that. And again, there's control systems. You know, control mm -hmm. systems are the math behind it all. There, there is no, there is no profit. There is going to be no success without control systems. Very right. accurate, specific directives that people have to follow. Right. And uh, it's our responsibility to give these people the direction that they right. have to go and how will you exercise these control systems and hold accountability to everybody's actions. Right. Where we'll be able to really 
you know, because you don't want to look at your money guy and say you have no answers why there's no bottom line. Right. You don't want to look at your promotion guy and say, well, I couldn't pay you because we didn't hit this number. All right. Without control systems and without having the actual math that that supports our wonderful business, right. you're never going to be able to. You're, you're driving your lights off. So, so my question is, if you have to sacrifice one, does it work? No. To me, no. no. Right. No, no, it has to have those. One doesn't. One doesn't work without the other. Um, You know, I think, and I'm just mentioning those three as a tripod, but I'm, I mean, there's all there's shorter sure, legs in there, you know. But there's a lot of subcategories to all to the main categories exactly. that we spoke about. Um, but I think those are three essential parts of something that's very important to the business. Right. And to think, and you know, a lot of people have that misconception. They're like, we're going to hire this promotion team. They're going to bring a thousand people. When they see the place, they're going to fall in love. Then we're going to fire the promotion team oh, yeah. and think that the thousand <laughs> people are still going to stay. You yes. know, so you have to give credit where credit is due. And if you have a person who's willing to sacrifice themselves and put their put their work on the line, you know, like yeah. I said, you guys always stood behind your word and you put your money where your mouth is. Right. You know, hey, listen, we're going to do this, and sometimes there were great times right. at the beginning. Sometimes times were shallow, and you say, yeah. hey, listen, I gave my shot, and I know what I'm going to do better next week. Right. You know, so you go, you take, you roll with the punches. Uh, but I think those three elements are very essential right. to a successful operation. Right. So I'm going to ask you one last question before we go, because okay. um, believe it or not, time is almost up. Sorry, <laughs> it's is that no, it's, it's, it's that quick. It just goes fast, so fast. Okay. Um, if we, if you and I go to a to a venue, which by the way you can get us <laughs> to 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 do this for you if you own a venue anywhere yes. in, in the world. Um, if you and I want to go to a venue uh, to do, um, you know, outsourced um, consultantship, consult consulting. What is the first thing that you would be looking for in that whatever venue, whatever, let's concentrate more in bar, restaurant, bar? Well, we were, going to a fresh venue, you know, the idea is to take a scope of the work, basically scope out exactly, take a work scope and see what it is, what their history is, you know, what their location is, uh, what their main challenges have been. You know, are you dealing with no walkthrough traffic? Are you dealing with no late night traffic, no early traffic? Are you dealing with noise ordinance? Are you dealing with bad staff? You know, uh, once you kind of, bar people have a tendency to get tunnel vision when they're operating and there's things like that. So when an outsider usually comes in, it's pretty simple being outside the box and not emotionally involved or financially involved to actually see the missing links and the things that you know will make a complete difference yes. uh, when you get there. Um, if the operator is willing to kind of dance with it and go, go with the things that you know right and has a lot of faith, enough faith where they think that you're a qualified guy who's just you're a qualified source of telling somebody how it can be better right. um, then they will probably succeed and they'll probably give you the room you need to operate uh, but actually taking a, a good eval and lo looking at the work scope that you have ahead of you right. um, and it could be I mean I've seen all different kinds of things within my own company even right. you know where you know that the staff you know you have people working for you that don't belong there uh, you, you have you, you haven't marketed enough you went you know you try to save money and you cut too deep Uh, you know, you got rid of the people who are the essential pillars of your operation, yeah. and you're wondering why it's failing. Um, so yeah, I, I, I personally enjoy consultantships and going in there and stuff like that. First, because you help the person with the need, right. and second, because it does give you a fresh approach. And you know, if, if you're an open person like I know you are, we have a tendency to learn a little bit from every single experience that we that we participate in. Right. You know, so something that you might be able to fix will serve as a lesson for you later. Right. You know, so you basically learn by teaching. Exactly. Yes, 100%. All right, man. Dude, <laughs> thank you so much. For You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I mean, guys, I hope you guys learned a little bit from Berto today. <laughs> um, I'm sure we will. If you guys own a venue, don't you know? Don't forget to reach us on my Instagram. You can DM me, and, and we can fly to you and fix all your issues. Um, 
Remember to get the book on Amazon. You find uh, all the podcasts on the website, nightlifepodcast.com. You find me on at the Nightlife uh, Entrepreneur on Instagram. And you find us on YouTube, Spotify, Automatic, iTunes, you name it. See you next week. Thank you.